0: Welcome. You are listening to What If? This is a podcast for tarot professionals where we are talking about a lot, of, a lot of uncomfortable topics such as illness, income loss, retirement, you know, things that a lot of us don't like to talk about, but we really feel these are things we need to discuss. Every episode we are tackling all kinds of questions and things that you may be privately wondering about. And we look at these situations and dilemmas from different angles. And what we're looking to do is to find options and solutions for the things we're worried about. Our subject matter might feel sometimes a little bit scary, but ultimately, this podcast is all about inspiration and encouragement. Our philosophy is that every dilemma can be resolved, and things are always easier when you know that you are not the only person feeling nervous or stuck. After all, we are all in this together. I'm your host, Teresa Reed, also known as the Tarot Lady. And this is Episode 4, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Wald Amberstone.
1: Hey, Teresa, how are you today?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you?
1: Actually, pretty good.
0: Excellent. That's good to hear. Well, we've, we've got a really hot topic. Our Episode 4, we are going to be talking about just in case. And, in fact, this is going to be all about setting up your business and your life so that your loved ones know what to do just in case. And I think this is going to be something that a lot of us maybe don't think about until all of a sudden something does happen, and then we have to scramble. So, do you have any stories about something like this with your family, or maybe something that you've experienced running the Tarot School with Ruth Ann?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. We've thought about it quite a bit. We have not yet run into a problem with it. Um, we are Ruth Ann and I are both really the only entrepreneurs in our respective families. Um, so we're, we have not yet seen what it would be like if either one of us or any member of our family or anybody that's directly and immediately close to us runs into this issue of something happening to prevent us from continuing our businesses. We don't really know. We have not yet dealt with it. So we've thought about it plenty, but we have not actually run into it and have no stories to tell about how it works it's in the future and that's exactly what makes it interesting to me because i have ideas but have no experience and what do we do if there's so many things that i have not yet actually taken care of things i have things i've thought about but not a lot of there are a lot of things that i've thought about that i have not yet done and don't even know how to do so this will be interesting for me as well as for the audience
0: Right, well let me tell you my story a little bit. Um, you know, so far nothing, you know, knock on wood, terrible has happened to me. But um I want to talk about my parents. There was a time where, you know, both parents were kind of going along doing their thing and my parents were elderly. My father was 50 when I was born. So, you know, he I I got used to growing up with older parents. And, you know, you still they didn't think too much about the what-ifs or any of that stuff. Um, so it was just a thing that we never discussed. Uh There were never discussions about wills or any of that stuff. So one day what ended up happening, to make a long story short, my mother, who, by the way, was always sick, this time she got really, really sick, where she was in the hospital for a long time. And, you know, we thought, well, She's always sick, so you didn't really quite think about what was possibly going to happen. And my father was actually quite a deal older than her. So we always just assumed she'd be okay, you know, she'd outlive him, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what ended up happening is my mother's doctor finally told me she's in pretty rough shape. You know, she will be lucky if she has a year. So I talked to my dad, and I said, well, do you guys have funerals planned? And my dad said no. Uh, okay, why don't we go take care of that? And of course my mother was outraged. She said, you're just wanting me to, you know, she thought I was like planning on her death or something. I'm like, no. If something happens to you while you're in this hospital, you're leaving your 90-year-old husband here uh, in a lurch and vice versa. So, you know, we have to make sure this stuff is secured. So, got that all calmed down, went in and took care of the funeral planning and Shortly after that, she passed away. And I'm talking like days after we planned the funeral. So we had just found a way to skate in there and have this ready. And there was a lot of panic, Walt. And my dad would have been lost if it wasn't that I got in there those few days before she passed and had this whole thing organized and managed. Even then, it was still really stressful. Well, also... Thankfully, about two years earlier, I forced them to get a will. They didn't have a will. I got a will story after this one. Uh And, you know, so we were able to go in, take care of the funeral, and then, you know, take care of all the things that were in the will, et cetera, et cetera. But what I also didn't know is that my mother had left my father with a mountain of debt. My mother was a spendaholic and I had gone into her life on many occasions to rescue them and straighten out their finances only to have them do the same thing again. So here I am suddenly, it's like we got through the funeral and I discovered they are knee deep in debt. And my father never handled the books wall. He was not a math guy. He didn't like handling money. He just let her do it. He didn't care about any of that stuff. And, I looked at this mess of a checkbook and all this crap she spent on it, all this mismanagement, and I'm like, oh, my God, you are in a lot of trouble, buddy. So I ended up then having to spend the next couple of years really wrangling him through money, teaching him how to go on a budget, showing him all kinds of ways to manage his money, and he's learning this at 90-something years old. Well, needless to say, I got him out of debt before he passed away. We had his funeral completely squared away. All things were handled. So everything was able to be managed at the end. Now, if my father didn't have me there to manage his stuff, my dad would have been goofed. I mean, he would have been screwed because my mom never went over anything with him. He had no idea how much money was in the bank or not in the bank. It was crazy.
1: It sounds like a... um... It sounds like it has a, your story has a sizable emotional content to it, even though you're describing the practical
0: parts. Oh, yes. I mean, there was a lot of frustration, a lot of tears, a lot of shock, a lot of anger. You know, and, and just there, there's a lot behind the story. But, you know, what it boils down to is here are two people. They're getting older. They have health problems. They had no plan at all that something was going to happen. And then one of them goes away. And even though they're not entrepreneurs, you know, even if you're not running a business, Here is a hot mess. Oh, and let's not forget he had to sell his house, and the house head was completely falling apart and had a condemned well. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like nuts because they never took care of these things.
1: Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you prepared in this discussion to go into issues that would normally involve estate lawyers and doctors and plants. We're,
0: we're going to be talking about some of those sticky subjects.
1: The reason I ask is because that whole issue mm-hmm. of preparing for the end of one's life is a subject matter that usually involves um, getting together in seminars and lessons yep. and private consultations with high-level professionals, which we are not.
0: We're not. We're not lawyers, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, too. But, but I have one other story to tell you before yeah. we get to that. So my, the father of my children was also a person with a lot of health problems. And he died suddenly at 46, massive heart attack, and left an unsigned will because he thought he was never – he had plenty of time to get to that. And so what ended up happening is my children had their estate tied up in probate for years. And he had a business partner because he had his own business. And suddenly here his business partner is having to quickly figure things out. I mean, they had his business partner did a lot there anyways, but it was still like, oh, my God, we just don't expect someone's going to go at 46 years old. We don't expect we're going to get disabled at that age or get sick at that age. So here the business had to get completely rehandled, reorganized, and my children had to go through all this stuff. And this is, again, things we don't like to think about. But if we don't think about it, we end up with a lot of trouble.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I do have a story to tell you, not about you know, entrepreneurial stuff but about you know, personal stuff in which something good happened.
2: Mm-hmm. My
1: father died unexpectedly at the age of 51. Oh, young. And, uh, and I had no experience, no money. I was quite young myself and in no way prepared to deal with such a thing. And it was, it was a moment of extreme trauma for me. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, my father had arranged with a fraternal organization to handle all the funeral issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The burial the burial situation was handled, the mm-hmm. funeral was handled, the will was handled, and it was all done without my knowing anything about it. And when he passed away, all I needed to have was a phone number of the person who was in charge of this whole process, call him up and say, you know, this is what happened, and then after that, all I had to do was show up w- with a black suit.
0: Now, see, think about that for a second. When we have our life set up in case something like that happens or we have our business set up in such a way, let's say, God forbid, something happens where I can't work or you can't work, isn't it wonderful and comforting to think that somebody could just come in and know what to do and take care of things and do it in a way that is as smooth as possible?
1: Periodically. I give my father extra blessings just for that.
0: Yeah. Your father gave you a gift, actually.
1: He did. It was absolutely... And I didn't know it. It, was only, it, only came, it only came to my attention when it happened, and it happened unexpectedly. And why, what it was that he must have known to have prepared like that at an early age, I do not know. Why he would have thought to do that and what would have made him go through whatever steps was necessary without putting the burden of even thinking about it on me, I don't know what he was thinking. But surely something must have been in his mind.
0: Absolutely, he he um, was a man who's thinking ahead, and those people who think ahead, what they do then is they make things much much nicer for the people that they leave behind.
1: One thing I can tell you, having seen uh, some of these things with other people, not my family particularly, anyone close to me, but people that I know of, where I have, you know, had a friendship uh, and and communal you know feeling, gone to funerals of people that have mm-hmm. died that I know. Um, it is a lot a lot more expensive and a lot more complex to die than you would think,
0: oh my God, yes,
1: I mean you'd think yeah you know, well I and mean, that's assuming that you care at all for the people around you, right? I mean, you can die once you're dead, who care you know you don't care anymore, and maybe I don't even know about that, maybe, maybe, depending on your theories about you know, about life after death, you may have lots of worries about that, mm-hmm. but in any case um the the job of taking care of it, once you get down to it, Mm -hmm. it takes enough planning that it's very, very impressive. You begin to be impressed by
0: how much it takes to make this happen. Right. It's a lot. So before we talk about the business aspect of things, I want to talk really briefly about some things that people should consider. Uh, No matter what age you're at, I think it's really important to consider if something happens where you become disabled or you end up, again, God forbid, passing you want to really be thinking about that ahead and planning for that. So one of the wonderful things that came out of my situation, Wald, is it got me really present with the fact that I am not immortal.
1: <laughs> ah, a, a, a discovery, was it?
0: It was quite a discovery, and finally, you know, I started finding myself saying, "Holy cow! My, you know, my first husband passed away at forty-six. What if that happened to me? Poor health no. of my family. You know what I mean?"
1: You know, the people think in terms of um, illnesses or or something like that, which you know would not, which would, will take a toll, regardless of how healthy you are now. Eventually, mm-hmm. something will happen along those lines. But how many people have died in auto accidents who are completely not expecting such a thing? Exactly. Or there is any? I mean, the accidental death, uh, in, in addition to the you know to the to the physical dis, you know dissolution death. Is a whole thing unto itself, and because it's accidental, you literally never see it coming. Absolutely. And yet it's always a possibility.
0: Right. It's a huge possibility, and it's something that we do need to consider. You know, you just don't know. So you want to have peace of mind. Well, you want to make sure that things are set up so even if you don't know what may happen, there's something in place for the people who have to either look after your state, your business, or you. Do you think
1: that, people don't know this, do you think they actually don't know it, or do you think they just don't want to think about it?
0: I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. Uh And, you know, a lot of the stuff sounds so intimidating, but uh, I've got some really, really really easy solutions for people. The first thing that I think that everybody should have is a will. I mean, that's common sense, but, Wald, you would not know, you would not believe how many people I know who are my age who don't have a will. Yep. You know, I have one. My children have their wills already made out. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got right on that, especially, you know, once we got our wake-up call, we were like, let's take care of this. And one of the things that people have to understand is you don't have to go to an attorney, but I do recommend you do go to one. There are, like, these little will kits that you can buy that are really, really inexpensive, and it's better than nothing. You know, at least with those kits, they walk you right through it. I believe Susie Orman has one, and you can buy some of them. Right on, like LegalZoom.com, or you can buy one a will kit on Amazon.com. So you can find them all over the place, and and most of them are not expensive. There there are even some free ones. But what you want to do is make sure that you have those things written out and you have that signed.
1: Do you have if you if you have more than one child Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or more than one ex-spouse or an an ex-spouse or Mm -hmm. something like that? If you have anybody who Has an interest or a stake in the residue of your life, your inheritance, yep. your property, your intellectual property, mm-hmm. um, even small items around the house like silverware and you know and, and precious you know dishes and stuff like that. If you have anybody at all in your life, more than one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who might have a stake in that, you had better go to a lawyer.
0: Right. Well, I'm going to talk about that in a second too. But what I just want to say is just. In the very basic, let's say you don't have a darn thing, right? Let's look at that, Mm -hmm. too. Sometimes people don't have anything. But you still want to make sure you have your wishes written out so that people know what to happen. Because, And also, with these kids, what you want to look for is the power of attorney, and you want to look for your health power of attorney as well. Mm -hmm. Because you want to make sure that there is someone who knows exactly what to be, uh, what your wishes are, again, just in case.
1: What if you, as, as I've seen happen to a number of people, sustained an injury that makes you um, mentally or physically incompetent to handle your own affairs, but you're stuck in a hospital bed for five years?
0: Well, that's why, again, you want a power of attorney and a health power of attorney. Right. And most of these things, again, you can get them in a free kit. I, I'm going to talk about the attorney in a second. At least have this stuff written down and have copies to people who are the ones in charge or people that you trust or even in a safety deposit box at your bank mm-hmm. so that it can be dealt with. So you want to make sure that people know if somehow I have a stroke and I'm unable to talk, do I want to be resuscitated? You know, do I want to you know, die naturally? Do I want to be mm-hmm. kept alive at all costs? Do I want to be cremated? Do I want a real funeral? If I am disabled... How do I want my payments handled? Where do I want to live? Do I want to go to a nursing home? Do I want to be with my child? You know, these are things that need to be put down on paper and also discussed with your loved ones. And by the way, if you don't have children, because a lot of people I know don't have kids, Uh then it's important to have someone you can trust. A uh, community, you know, a fellow tarot reader or a neighbor or your best friend. Have someone you trust that you can sit down and you can talk about what your wishes are and how you want things to go, and then everybody's clear. That's going to give you peace of mind. It's going to give them peace of mind. I also recommend getting your funeral planning done uh, ahead of time with a local funeral director. That way, and having this all spelled out so your loved ones know it. And the reason why is that way then Just like what you experience, somebody can come in. It's all done. It's all prepared for. Now, when we did my mother's funeral planning, it was only a few days before she passed. We also did my dad's right away then, and uh, so the funeral director was wonderful. She was just amazing, and it was great when I was able to show up then a couple years later. She already knew what to do. I didn't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. It was just all handled. And so my I was just going to say, my father's funeral was a lot less stressful than my mother's.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I discovered in planning for myself was that the costs can be so considerable yes. that you can't do it two days before, not unless the person who's planning it for you right. has, has tons of money available, because the cost of burial, the cost mm-hmm. of a funeral, those things add up to you know sometimes tens of thousands of dollars per person. Right. And unless you're fairly well off, you have to plan for those things in increments. And like most things that cost a lot of money, a house or even an expensive car, you pay it off. Yep. And that means you need time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, these are things, again, for people to think about. Now, for my mother, when she passed, there wasn't a lot of money there. So thankfully she had four children, so we were all able to pitch in and make sure it was covered. You know, but Dad had um, a little bit of money for um, a little life insurance thing. And so he actually ended up being just fine. So all of these things, again, they got handled, they got covered, et cetera, et cetera. But it was still, for Mom, that was quite a stressful event, and it didn't need to be that way. The other thing that happened with my mom, because she wasn't clear on how she wanted things to go and be divided, she wasn't clear with everyone except me. So when it came time to divide some of her belongings, it ended up causing a lot of friction in the family because there were family members who didn't like the way she wanted things to go and thought I was making it up. And it's like, no, she wanted this, 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 and this.
1: Even when mm-hmm. the even when there is a discussion, yeah. even when there is a clear will, mm-hmm. there are oftentimes enough rivalries in families that wills are disputed.
0: Yes, but if there's a good ironclad will, it's going to be hard to dispute it. And also, if you are going to discuss with your loved ones or, you know, whoever, this is how I want things divided, have it all written down and signed. Well, you know,
1: I don't yet have personal experience of this, but I expect that, uh, and I've heard, you know, you see plenty of dramas on television and Mm -hmm. in the movies about these very things, Um, I expect that it would take quite a bit of doing a lot of skill, foresight, and planning to create what you could call an ironclad will that cannot be disputed. As I understand it, even people who are rich, if they're not careful Mm -hmm. in how they word things and the documentation and the proper execution and all that, the smallest technicality can open up a will to
0: dispute. Right. It can. But you know what? You still are going to be safer than not having one, or not having things written down.
1: Absolutely, but my suggestion, that's why I would suggest, if you can possibly manage it, work with a good estate lawyer.
0: Well, yeah, Well, this is what I (laughs) want to talk about next. You know, again, you can write everything down on paper. You can have it signed. You can get one of these cheap little kits, which is, for some people, if you are really low on a budget, that may be (laughs) your only option. Right. But if you can, like you said, if you can, an estate lawyer – is going to really protect you the best. And an estate lawyer, especially if you own property, you're going to want one. So that's one of the things that I did with all this stuff is my husband and I went to an estate attorney, and we got everything squared away. What we did is we put our things in a revocable living trust, which means that there is no probate. It goes directly to the family. There's no drama, no court, nothing. They just get it.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And so my attorney got everything set up for us like that. And the other thing that I've done, too, is sit down with my children, and they are incredibly clear on what goes down if I become disabled or are if they, I,
1: are they Are they in agreement with what you have set down? I mean, because they could be clear on it with, with no necessity <laughs> to, to, to go along with it
0: after the fact, you know. They're clear and they're going to go along with it, but you know, it's really funny. My daughter says, well, you can always come and live with me if something happens. And I always, I always have to laugh because I love my daughter to death, but I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, it would be like Grey Gardens. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I, <laughs>
2: so yeah. I don't
0: think that's going to work. So, uh, you know, we, <laughs> but we laugh about it. We joke about it. They pretty much are, you know, they're in agreement. They're respecting my wishes. But, again, it's been made clear. It's been made it's- clear.
1: This is all um, by way of general planning for anybody. Yeah. But we're we're in a an interesting uh, situation. The two of us and many people that uh, are going to be the audience for this uh, podcast. There are a lot of small uh, people who are small entrepreneurs. Yes. And in addition to simply planning funerals and mm-hmm. making arrangements for death, there is the question of what do you do with your business? Is your business transferable? Should your business be carried on in the case of your illness, even if you're not dead? Is is there something special? Is there some additional consideration that has to be given if you're taking care of yourself economically by your own means?
0: Right. Well, that that is a – here we go again to a wonderful lesson. The one thing my first husband did have was uh, he had a really good business partner. His business partner is a phenomenal, wonderful, kind man. And so he had to jump in, manage all these things, but the way he had things set up with his business partner arrangement, which was really well done, uh, was when, if something happened to him, then his children would become part owner of the company. So my kids are still part owner of the company. They're not up there running the company. They collect dividends. And they have it all worked out, and the, the business partner is still running it. He's going to retire soon, and then they're selling the business, and that's all in an agreement that they've worked out with him and an attorney. Now, that's many, for a
1: big business, by the way. I was going to say, how many uh, tarot professionals do you know who are, in, who, are, who are incorporated, who have partners that you know work in a, in a business framework large enough
0: to, de, to you know, demand that kind of attention? Right. That's not us. No. But, but I'm just using this as an example that right. for his big thing he had that all set up right. so for those of us who are running these little small businesses we have to have all of that clear so here's an example for me I'm a one person show here I do not have anybody that works with me I have a couple people that I hire out for certain things that I don't want to do but I run this whole show I don't have a virtual assistant I answer every email that comes my way so basically Wald. If I pass away, there are no tarot lady stuff. There may still be products that my children or husband may consider still selling, but my wishes are that everything goes. Everything goes, then we shut it all down. Because it just doesn't make sense for it to be up there if there's no woman behind this work. So that is how we have it planned out. And what I have because I'm not looking for anyone to carry this business on, is what's called a death file, <laughs> and it sounds uh-huh. kind of gloomy. But the death file has instructions, and it's on my computer, for the the kids on, and my husband on how to where all my passwords are, how to shut down every one of my accounts, where everything is that they need to take care of and close out and fix and shut down, so that way they can go through those steps and do it, and it's done. You and I know, think everybody should have something like that. I call it the death file.
1: Absolutely. Once upon a time, a long time ago, I worked in an oil refinery. Mm-hmm. An oil refinery operator, and one of, the pla- one of the places that I worked in that refinery, which is a very very large and complicated place, I worked in something that I worked in an acid plant that worked off ammonia. Mm. And it processed ammonia to produce a certain kind of acid. And it was a very dangerous place, but it was a one-person plant. It was a plant that was operated 24 hours a day by one person at a time working in eight-hour shifts. And, if any, and one of the things we had to do was to check periodically on all of the different parts of the plant to make sure that everything was in good working order. And we had been very, all of us, everybody is very, very carefully trained over a long period of time to handle these things because an oil refinery is actually a giant death trap. There's Mm -hmm. so many ways to die in an oil refinery, it would take a book just to list them. So anyway, one night, I'm working there by myself, and normally speaking, the work is fairly routine. And I discover, when looking through a little glass plate, that the boiler that was the, the heart of this plant was way, way too hot. Then I looked at the instruments, and it was way, way too hot. If the boiler were allowed to continue, which was dependent on a compressor, a giant compressor that was nearby, and a bunch of other things, if all of these different things were allowed to continue on the way they were going, in about an hour or so, there would be a lot of dead people nearby. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I was the only one there at the time. I could have called in for help, but first of all, it was my responsibility. Second of all, I'd been trained for this emergency. And third of all, there wasn't any time to call in extra help. So I had to set about in a very complicated task of shutting the whole thing down before the whole thing blew up.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I did. It took me about 45 minutes of extremely efficient, extremely fast, and extremely cold-headed work. You couldn't afford to get rattled. Every single thing had to be done in the right order, at the right speed, and with full understanding of what you were doing and why one thing affected another, and you had to do it now. There was no mm-hmm. time to wait. And so I did. By the time I was done, and then I had to call it in to make sure that everybody knew what had happened and why the plant was shut down, there was a whole series of things that happened. But the thing was that the person on the spot, which in this case happened to be me, had to know what to do. Yes. Yeah. When the time came, there was no time to play around, no time to call in help. Right. And I suspect that if you have a business, you're in the middle of doing business, you have people waiting for various products and services, you have taxes to pay, you have possibly salaries to pay or invoices to pay, you have people waiting for you to do jobs of one kind or another, and you're basically a person juggling you know, ten balls at the same time, if you are suddenly forced to stop, even for illness, one of those balls after another is going to start hitting the floor. Right on. And your business can be crippled beyond repair simply because at any given moment you are not up to carrying the load. Right. So obviously some plan has to be made in case you have a car accident or get malaria or some god-awful thing. You know, you have no idea. What if you go to a food store and get food poisoning and you're out for a week and you can't afford to be out for
0: a week? Absolutely. And, you know, this is where we start coming to talking about how to set up your business. If you are still able to eventually get back to it or or whatnot. One of the things that I'm a fan of is systems. So I got my death file. Daughter knows everything about the death file. Son knows about the death file. My kids are grown. They're adults. They can handle all this stuff. They have access to that stuff. They know what to do. But another system that you want to have in place is also systems that an assistant or a loved one can go into. Let's say that the worst happened. Let's say, Wald, you and I both got food poisoning at some event, and huh. suddenly we were both out for about two weeks. Well, Dan, and our families are going to need to know what to do.
1: That's right.
0: And so uh, uh, there's a gal who I really recommend, and I think she's phenomenal. Her name is Michelle Nicolazin, and she's got a website called bombshell.com. It is B-O-M-B-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. And she teaches people how to create systems for their business, so that if there is something that happens, your virtual assistant or someone can come in and make sure that things keep rolling. And one of the things that she does for her virtual assistant is she creates what she calls a Minion Manual. And I love Ah, that. I love it. Uh And the Minion Manual, what Michelle recommends is sitting down one day and writing down all the steps to all the processes of your business. uh And that way, let's pretend now, something happened to me, I'm sick, I'm in the hospital, I have food poisoning. My daughter could come in, she could open up the Minion Manual, she could access my website and see how to put up a note on my website saying the tarot lady is out of commission. Mm
2: -hmm. She
0: will know where, and I have canned responses all prepared. She will know how to go in there and grab it and send it out and create an autoresponder on my email list that will let people know I'm really sick. She can then also look at what emails are coming in and send out the canned response and let them know. And if people don't want to wait till I get well, she knows how to go in and create a refund on PayPal. All of this stuff is written out. All of the things are written out. So if, God forbid, I can't get to that work, there's going to be somebody who can go in there, open the Minion Manual, see how things are run, and make sure that things are getting done as they need to so my butt is covered until I can get back to work. So there's a death file and the minion manuals.
1: That's a good combination.
0: Right. And that what that does then, again, it sets you up. And what Michelle recommends is writing down all the steps, but she also recommends sometimes taking screenshots or creating little videos that could walk people through the different steps. So let's say something happened to Ann, and you have to put out a newsletter. Uh-huh. If you have a minion manual that you or a virtual assistant can go into, you can see how Ruthann does it. And Mm -hmm. there could be templates or stuff in there that's going to make it easy so that you can do it and keep it running while she's recuperating from whatever she needs to recuperate from.
1: Here's an interesting question. Yes. Let's say that uh, somebody, you have a business and you die. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you've got a whole range of services That, of course, you're using to make your business run. Normally speaking, if you want to close something down
2: Mm
1: -hmm. or stop it in its tracks for some reason or other, in this case because somebody has died, normally speaking, the service provider wants to speak to and will only speak to the person who engaged the service. That's you, and you're gone. So how do you handle that?
0: Well, the best way to handle that, first of all, most of those places are not going to give you a hassle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be, you know, if you shut it down, like let's pretend I want to shut down my PayPal account. There's a way to go in there and just shut the account down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there, there's ways to do that. You can include that in your death file too. If, they have a, if somebody competent has the password to get into all your stuff, they're going to be able to go in there and shut down all the relevant things that need to be shut down. But if there is a problem, what you can do, it only takes usually a couple of days. You can get a copy of the death certificate,
2: uh-huh.
0: and then you can show that to whoever you need to show it to, and that usually does the trick. In fact, right. I did have to use mom's, I had to use her death certificate for one of her credit cards.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. That's the kind of thing I was talking about. I only yep. brought it up because it may be that people would, have, would not, be, have, not have, you know, given that any consideration, and it is something to be considered. Everybody who has a website is going to have a server, And uh, and a variety of other a variety of services that are provided by somebody or other, and um, you will have to shut those. Somebody is going to have to shut those things down, and that means you have to you have to have proof, legal proof, that the person responsible is not available, and that you are the person who is who has that responsibility. It's not only that the person has let's say passed away, but that you are the person legally responsible for their after effects. Right you 'd have to have a power of attorney or some other thing like that, so it becomes necessary to pick somebody to do that for you it 's not just that anybody could walk in who has the right who has the
0: manual you know no that's, the death file should be different than the minion manual mm-hmm. the minion manual is so that people can manage your stuff while you 're recuperating but the death file, the death file this is my recommendation gives all the stuff necessary to shut things down. And all the passwords and all of that, so that your trusty person can go in there and take care of that
1: when a, you're the child of or the or the the responsible person working with uh, a solo entrepreneur, and that person passes away or even becomes incapacitated for a long time, and their um, financial burden their debt their debt level, and maybe some other things as well, uh, now become your responsibility because you have taken on that chore. How do you, what do you do to ensure that uh, you know what to do if bills have to be paid and you're the one responsible for doing it and you have either no access to or insufficient funds for or other issues of juggling and managing what in, what the person themselves is supposed to be doing? Now you're supposed to do it. And you have to have a file for that, too.
0: You do. And one of the things I discovered, you know, is that most credit card companies, they're not going to hold you responsible. Now, if that's your married partner, you're going to be responsible. But they're usually not going to hold the children responsible or some, Mm. you know, friend responsible for that. But let's say, you know, something happened to me and my husband had some secret credit card I didn't know about. You know, if, if he passed away, suddenly I'm going to be stuck handling that. That's right. So you do have to make sure. Sh- well, first of all, sh- <laughs> you should be having honest conversations about secret accounts or secret <laughs> things going on. <laughs> but just yeah. in case you don't, you know, um, you do need to be prepared. These things can happen.
1: The reason I'm mentioning all this is because these are fairly common situations. Yes. And they may, there's a whole bunch of these scenarios and obviously not all of them are going to happen to one person all at once, but some combination of these things is going to happen, so you better be aware of the
0: possibilities. Absolutely. And you know what? If you're aware and you have some of these strategies in place, the minion manuals to manage your business while you're getting well, if you have a way to shut everything down, if you become, you know, disabled and cannot work, or let's say, you know, you pass away, if you have these things in place, you're setting people up so that they can handle this and so that everybody can have peace of mind, and this is going to create less drama.
1: There, I'll tell you something kind of interesting from a tarot point of view. Uh, one of the things that I have been very happy to be, to be doing, one of the more interesting developments of tarot instruction that I've, that I've developed... There's something called, something called secrets, the secrets of the cards, which are beyond the esoteric issues altogether. And I've taught those tarot secrets for some time now, and they're really, really interesting. And they do things with the cards that have, as far as I know, never been done before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, one, uh, the, so one of the, there's a couple of secrets for every card and in the work that I've been doing. And one of the secrets for the, for the death card, what is the secret of death? And one of those secrets, the secret of death, is what remains. Mm -hmm. What remains? What remains? And we're talking about that very thing. We're talking about what remains of your life when you are not in it anymore. Right. What's left over? What solid, observable phenomena are still out there reverberating in the world when you are not here to attend to them? Right. Right. And that's what we're talking about here, actually, in a way. what we're talking about here is eventually dissolving and putting out into thin air, like, like getting like, like making a, a way of you know disposing of, of garbage, you, know, so that it doesn't clutter up the landscape and ruin the landfill and pollute the air and all that. If you want to get rid of something, how do you do it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If somebody is gone is gone, and we all go eventually. When we're gone, how do we make sure we're not polluting the universe by our absence? Right. I mean, having debt, having property that people fight over, Mm -hmm. having legal issues that need to be resolved, having a body that needs a a plot. Mm
2: -hmm. You
1: know, all of these things are ways that we continue to exist after we're gone. Right, and, they, and all the things we're talking about are ways of cleaning that up so that we make a clean slate of it and the person can, can go on to whatever comes next without having to worry about what he left behind. Right. And that takes time.
0: It does. But, you know, all it takes is just one step forward towards doing it, even if you don't think something could happen, which mm-hmm. I, I will tell you we all, the one thing we have in common is we are all going to die. And you can't escape death or taxes, so we might as well put one step forward and get these things taken care of are there any
1: Are there any people whose profession it is to help a person plan their way through this?
0: I would always recommend going with your attorney okay. You can work with a financial advisor, but I think an attorney is the best way to go around this, mm-hmm. and also you want to have your loved ones help you know handy also if you're looking to set your business up with Ideas like minion manuals or to create other Mm. systems so your business Mm. runs smoothly. I really recommend working with a systems expert like Michelle Mm Nicolazen. And again, they can find her at bombshell.com. That's B-O-M-B-C-H-E-L-L-E dot com. There's other systems experts, but I find her to be the best one. She's smart as a whip and her systems are not intimidating. She makes, she's got classes to -hmm. teach you how to set these systems up for your business. And it's really been um, transformational for my business. I, these were things I never thought about. Oh, my God, I need to have a minion manual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, once upon a time, not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago, I was invited to a seminar
0: mm-hmm.
1: on uh, planning a, um, a, what they call a green funeral.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the woman who was giving the seminar, it was done in, in the home of one of our friends, and about 20 people showed up for this thing. And we, we talked for about four or five hours. Mm-hmm. And the issues of how to plan a funeral were in, were brought up, in, specifically in the context of how to do one that is considered green and that is you know ecologically correct. So leaving aside the details, the point that I'm getting at is that this one issue took four or five hours to discuss with an expert. And we have talked about a dozen issues here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it seems to me that there it would it would be reasonable to imagine, although maybe it doesn't exist, that somebody out there has made a business of helping people plan their way through mm-hmm. all the different things there are to consider. What the person you mentioned takes care of one aspect of it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is really how to take care of your business in the case of your inability to handle it. But all the different things we've talked about seem to require a great deal of entrepreneurial energy on the part of whoever's left behind Mm -hmm. just to take care of this. Right. Right. And is there nobody out there whose job it is? I mean, I know estate lawyers help you plan the legalities, Mm -hmm. but do they help you plan the economics? Do they help you plan for the grief? Do they help you plan for, you know, family feuds? Do they help you plan for, you know, whatever? How do they, how, is there anybody out there at all who does that? Do you know?
0: Not that I know off the top of my hand, but that might be a really great thing to investigate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it might be a wonderful thing. You're bringing up a topic, again, for people who are listening to this. This might be something also for them to start looking into, to see if they can find someone who helps with this sort of thing. You know, sometimes it might be just as simple as talking with a mortician when you mm-hmm. do your funeral planning about what you want so that they know. I, I was lucky to have a wonderful mortician for my parents who was quite clear on things, and she made it just as best, as best of an experience as it can be. Uh, there's grief counselors out there that can help you deal with the emotional aftermath. I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who specialize in that. So what you're bringing up is, a again, another good point. Look around in your neighborhood and see if there is some kind of service like that, or you might want to look into services such as grief counseling, again, talking with a mortician, a mm-hmm. financial advisor, your attorney. The main thing is you have to get started on these things, not just your business but your life. And if you do the research, you'll probably be able to find something that or someone who's going to be able to help you with all that. Do you think
1: that as part of the conversation we're having now, that at some point and in some way you could organize or create a list of the various professionals whose job it is to help a person through this process? There are several different kinds, as you mentioned. And it may be that a person would not actually, especially in the moment of grief, or even in a moment of planning if it never occurred to them, they might not think about a grief counselor. They might not think about the uh, complications of, of creating and, and managing a funeral. They might or might not think about financial issues or tax issues or other things. And it seems to me that each one of these issues mm-hmm. involves a different kind of professional.
0: Well, Wald, I think what we're going to do with this podcast is I will make sure that there is something that they can download and some links that are going to help them to find that information. We're going to make sure that happens, so for anyone who's listening in, you'll be able to find this on the page where this podcast is resting. So how does that sound, Walt? That
1: sounds excellent, and you know... We've devoted an hour to quick discussion, and we've been fairly efficient about it, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, the net impression that it leaves with me, (laughs) you know, is the the combination of the necessity to do it and the agonizing quantity of effort that it takes to make it happen.
0: Yes, but if you don't do it, let me tell you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot more agony, as I discovered the hard way. So our goal is to try to make it so, again, that this is not scary and so that this is not hard. One of the
1: things I've noticed about dealing with uh, difficult or, or issues that are difficult to contemplate, things that seem like they're too hard to do, is to break down the process into small steps.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you can do one small step at a time, if you keep going and you don't start and you don't stop, over a period of a year or two, that's really all it takes mm-hmm. for most things. You can get a huge amount done. Mm-hmm. And just doing one thing at a time so you don't get overwhelmed or intimidated by the process. And that's why I mentioned this business of the different professionals because each one is a step Mm -hmm. in the direction of handling this stuff. Right. Absolutely. So you can plan. You can find yourself an estate lawyer. You can find yourself a funeral home. You can find yourself a cemetery. You can talk to your individual children. You can get yourself um, a minion manual. You can do these various things one at a time. And you can choose the order in which you approach each of these problems and decide how fast you want to do them and how much time and effort you want to give to them at any given point, realizing that you need to get it done within a reasonable amount of time. You can't let it drag on for years. Mm-hmm. So knowing what to do, knowing the areas that need to be approached, gives you the option of doing it in a reasonable order that doesn't scare you to death.
0: Absolutely. like a, We want to be like Boy Scouts, always prepared. Pretty much. Be prepared. That's our motto, right? Yes. That's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) So for everyone who is listening, just a little summary here. You know, if you're running a business and, you know, worried that you won't be prepared in the worst-case scenarios, here's your action plan. Get some business systems in place. We want to call those the minion manuals for every part of your business, including access to your site, your social media accounts, your bank accounts. You know, so at the very least, someone – whether it be a virtual assistant, your business partner, or a loved one can come in and they can take care of things while you are recuperating. But you also want to have a death file that's going to help people know how to shut your business down if, God forbid, you pass away. These are all things that are going to give peace of mind to the people who love you, and it's going to give peace of mind to you. The other thing you want to remember, too, is to have a will, a power of attorney, and all the money matters spelled out, Now, whether you do this through buying one of those little kits or going through an attorney, which I, of course, prefer going through an attorney, get all that stuff done. Get it finished and put it in a convenient place. Make sure your loved ones know where this stuff all rests. And they have to know how to access it, how to get this information. You know, make sure somebody is in the know. Better yet, make sure you have two people in the know just in case... You know, we don't yeah, plan. Right. Somebody else if,
1: is what, if, what if one of the people you're depending <laughs> on dies before you do?
0: Right. <laughs> and if your business is a two-person show, make sure that your partner knows what to do if something happens or how to run the business or how to step in if, if you can't do it. Or make sure they have the information handy on what your tasks and duties are so that they can either learn how to do it or they can pass it over to someone else who can. You know, and, and the other thing to think about For some people, you might want to consider having an assistant who's trained to manage things like your blogging, your client care, and all of that if you cannot work. This is going to set you up for success.
1: I'm going to add something here, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. We have a will. We Mm -hmm. make sure that we have one. We have a, you know, a cemetery plot and a funeral and all that kind of thing. The will and everything else that we've done was done, you know, a few years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And it needs to be reviewed periodically Yes. because things change. Mm -hmm. Either a person that you're depending on to help you through these crises is no longer available Mm -hmm. or the material that you're trying to safeguard has already been dissipated, spent, or otherwise disposed of. Or you end up with a lot more in the way of resources and, and, uh, and assets than you thought you would have you got richer than you than you imagined before, or any number of things, or the laws change because that's another thing that happens. I know our a uh, state attorney gets in touch with us periodically to remind us to come in and talk because the laws are changing periodically. What you thought was all settled could be unsettled by a stroke of a pen in some in some state capital, right on the technology changes
0: mm-hmm.
1: the uh, minion manual that you have to explain what to do. May be out of date by the time you get your next computer.
0: Right. So everything has to be updated. So you make another really good point for people to keep in mind: keep that stuff updated, keep it fresh.
1: Yeah, uh, the subject could go on and on, and maybe I don't know. Are scaring people? <laughs> do you
0: think? I don't think so. I think we're helping people, and I do want to tell everyone who is listening again keep these conversations going because that's how we're going to find solutions. And you can do that by heading over to the Reader Studio Facebook page to get the conversation going and maybe share some of your ideas. I also want to say talk to your kids, your spouse, your friends. You know, if you're concerned about your business being able to run if you're ill or disabled or if the worst case happens, you don't want to leave those loose ends tied up. So let's not be ashamed to talk about it because we can eliminate that fear and anxiety and we can find solutions. And I'd love to finish this up with a quote. And, Walt, I think you're going to love this quote. It's perfect for our our, our show today. The quote is from Jim Elliott, and it is, When the time comes to die, make sure that all you have to do is die. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> That would be really, really, really nice to know that all you had to do was die. I mean, yes. if it was only that simple, you know, that was that would have been nice. That's maybe <laughs> one of the one of the benefits of going backwards in time. Was there ever a time when human beings could just die and that's it?
0: I have no idea. We're probably talking caveman times.
1: Even then, maybe not. Yeah. I, I can see the caveman's <laughs> children bickering over their furs, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, well, I'm not cheering out.
0: Yes. So for everyone who's listening again, you've just finished listening to What If. It's a podcast for tarot professionals. This has been Episode 4 out of 6. To listen to all six episodes for free, visit thetarolady.com and click on the Podcast tab under Free Resources, or you can download them right on iTunes. Be sure to tune in to our next episode, where we're going to discuss the importance of community and how to build one. And this podcast was recorded at the Tarot Lady Hub and edited by Teresa Reed. Our opening song was written by Dr. Christopher Lloyd-Clark at royaltyfreemeditationmusic.com and used with permission. Special thanks to all of our wonderful tarot uh, readers and community all over the world who are fabulous you know, role models for the tarot community and for making a difference every day in the lives of the people they serve. Again, I'm your host, Teresa Reed, and my co-host is Walt Amberstone, and we're wishing you a beautiful rest of your day and many blessings. We'll see you next time.
1: Take care, Teresa. You too. Okay, bye.
0: Bye.